I'm not, not sure we would have gone to see the film if it had, didn't have this aura of darkness about it. What the hell kind of shakedown is this? Welcome to Shakedown, which is our way of looking behind the scenes of film. I'm Julian Mitchell, founder of Definition Magazine. And I'm Larissa Mori, writer, editor and VFX specialist. This week we're exploring whether a film can actually be cursed. Uh, so doing a little bit of research on the topic, I found one that's an incredible story. Uh, it's a Hollywood film that's perhaps the most notorious example of what a cursed production in Hollywood can be. Um, in case you hadn't heard of it, it's, you probably have if you're interested in the topic. It's 1994's The Crow. Yes, I have heard of that. I mean, it's, it was a $23 million movie, so, you know, it's... Uh, it was brought, bought and developed by Paramount, starred Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee. So it's quite, you know, a big film, really. Like, it's hardly unheard of. It is a Hollywood yeah. studio. Um, basically, Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee, stars as Eric Draven, a rock musician who is brought back to life by a magical raven to avenge the murder and rape of his fiancée. This is after he and his fiancée were both brutally murdered. So it's not a Disney movie. Yeah, it's not a Disney movie. And it's quite interesting. It's it's a cursed production and a cursed film. But it's also quite a morbid story as well. Kind of fitting to what happens next. And what's interesting is actually the source material behind this dark superhero film is just as morbid as the storyline. Um, the Crow's comic book... Uh, that the film was based on was originally created when the then 21-year-old comic book creator James Obar was drawing combat manuals in the Marines, hoping it would be a healthy way of dealing with the death of his fiance, who had been killed by a drunk driver. So, you know, actually, the the young man who drew these comic books is, you know, trying to deal with this horrible thing that's happened to him. Um, yeah. And in helping to deal with what's happened to him, he's drawing these these mm. comic books. So, you know, this is a morbid story, but, you know, if you think about its origins, it was created by an artist who himself was trying to deal with this tragic event that's happened in his life. So it makes sense that it is such a morbid story. And it, it is also very fitting that this very morbid story coming from this tragedy becomes what is a very famous cursed production. So it kind of, it builds this atmosphere of, oh, okay, it's almost like a ghost story, you know? Yeah. There is another one, isn't there? There's another one, Poltergeist. You know the story behind that? No. No, well, you... We'll go on to it. I mean, it, there is, it has similar cursed kind of feelings about it. But I, I remember The Crow and I remember, I feel a bit bad saying it, but I remember going to see it because of this, because of what happened. And I know it's, it's, it's not a great thing to admit, but, you know, maybe there's some reason for that. Yeah. And I think many people you know, we're exactly like you, you know, and did go to see it because of the story because yeah. it's fascinating. It's very gripping. I mean, yeah. fast forward to, you know, pre-production on the film. Uh, according to my research, you know, details vary over the years, but 
uh, quite a few online sources state that problems with the crow actually started when a mysterious caller left a voicemail message warning the crew not to shoot the movie because bad things would happen. So, you know, already, ooh, okay, in pre-production, they already allegedly have a call warning them not to shoot this film. Um, then, you know, according to IMDb, problems began the first day of shooting. Um, the 1st of February, 1993, this was the first day, a crane worker on set apparently hit live power lines he was electrocuted, he caught on fire, and almost all his internal organs were burned. Everyone rushed him to the oh hospital. God. Yeah, it's honestly, it's crazy. Everyone rushed him to the hospital, and he was treated for second and third degree burns. So he was actually, you know, very, very hurt. And this was just the first day. Um, that very same night... A they should have known. Yeah, they should have, yeah. And that very same night, a grip truck caught on fire. Um a couple days later, a set sculptor who worked on the crow for just a few days before this drove his car through the props room after he was fired from set. So, yeah, a lot happened in just a few days. Is that just cheap alcohol or is this, I mean, is this really something going on here? I know. You know, apparently later on, a construction worker accidentally drove a screwdriver through his hand. A stuntman broke several ribs after falling through a roof. This is ridiculous. I mean, it is ridiculous. I can see where you get the cursed idea because this is kind of, this is either, you know, my first movie, you know, for the crew, uh, or this is opiates, or this is just, this is something else. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's funny you, you, you say that because... Like, it wasn't just the people on set. You know, through the month of February, all of this happened with, uh, you know, the many people involved on the film getting hurt. But in March, a storm that was dubbed the storm of the century blazed through the eastern United States yeah. and actually destroyed several of the crew's sets, resulting in thousands of dollars worth of damage. So actually, you know, it was, it was both on set and also just the weather got in the way as well. Uh, natural disaster got in the way um, and production was so troubled that one of the neighboring uh, productions at the studio actually began taking bets on the mishaps until the fire destroyed several of their sets as well <laughs> my god the insurance company must have been calling yeah between fires, storms, people getting hurt it was just one thing after another and the worst was actually yet to come. That's mad. Yeah. Go on then, let's hear it. <laughs> it's bad already. It's getting worse. I mean, this is a, this is one reason why did they call it off. I mean, do you think you think we've got to carry on? You think maybe somebody's somebody's trying to tell us something? Yeah, I know. And it's it's actually uh, you know once you know what happens next, it's actually really really sad that they didn't call it off because they could have actually saved someone's life. Um, basically, yeah. the script of The Crow called for a close-up of a loaded weapon. Uh, this was a scene that required the gun to be loaded uh, and pointed at the camera. So because of the close range of this shot, dummy cartridges that uh, used, they lo were loaded with real brass caps uh, because it was close-up. So you had to actually see this real brass version of this bullet. Mm. Um, but they didn't have any powder in. 
after the cut, the props master, uh, not the arms master, funnily enough, because, you know, he'd actually left set for the day for some reason. Uh, but the props master right. dry fired the gun to get this uh, brass cap off, knocking the projectile bullet into the barrel of the gun. So on the 31st of March, 1993, this was only a few days before completing the film, uh, production started shooting the next shot with the prop gun. Uh, it was a flashback yeah. sequence. It showed uh, how Eric, the, the main character, how he died. Uh, he was supposed to walk into this apartment he shared with his girlfriend to find her being raped and beaten. Uh, and he then himself was supposed to be killed by those who raped and beat his girlfriend. So Lee uh, entered the set carrying a bag of groceries. Uh, these contained uh, an explosive blood pack. Yeah. The script called for him to be shot as he entered the room, triggering the blood pack. So the, unfortunately, the bullet that was stuck in the barrel was blasted at Lee through the bag he was carrying. It went through his navel, punctured his aorta. He slumps to the ground and none of the crew realized because he was supposed to have been shot. He was supposed to have this blood pack on him. They only realized when the director yelled cut oh and the, he didn't get up. It was real blood. It was real blood. Where's health and safety when you need them? Absolutely. And this was all happening around, you know, 12.30 a.m. Uh, because the crow, because of the subject matter, because of how, uh, you know, dark the story was, it typically was filmed at night. So he, you know, this was very, very late at night. He was rushed to the hospital. He went through six hours of surgery that the doctors unfortunately couldn't save him. So Lee died later that afternoon when he was just 28 years old. It's very tragic. Yeah. That, I mean... It's it's so it's so bad that you understand there might be some you know some cursed on it and it's but I can't help thinking it's all a bit Hollywood <laughs> to to actually gain some to gain some traction in the market. I know that's a very cynical view, but it's just it's just it's just people being rubbish at their job, isn't it? I, I think so, you know, it's 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 quite interesting because obviously a lot of weird, co these weird coincidences started to come out in the press. Mm. Bruce Lee obviously had quite famously died sun suddenly as well after filming his own breakthrough film, uh, Game of Death, in 1978. What? People started wondering, is this a family curse? Is this a conspiracy to kill the Lee family? Yeah. And the... the Good on, um, you know, the crew and production. The, the footage of Lee's death was used as evidence uh, in the investigation into his death and after his death. And it was later destroyed. Uh, but after his death, this movie, The Crow, was responsible for changing gun safety standards. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. It makes sense that it would be. But it's true that it's true that that I do remember... I'm not, not sure we would have gone to see the film if it had, didn't have this aura of darkness about it. And it was definitely marketed that way in, in kind of not very uh, tasteful way. But, you know, we are who we are and we went to see it because of that. And it, the movie wasn't that good. But as a kind of grim kind of fascination, I suppose, with knowing that 
um, what you're seeing related and and uh, referred to real death, which is it's not great. I'm not proud of myself. Did you know that sequel? They did a sequel, and it, and then that sort of talks about um, a film that has a sequel. Obviously, had some success in it. There was a sequel to it, um, and there was a death on that film, <laughs> and uh, it was a special effects. Uh, accident uh, and a stuntman was killed uh, by flying debris so you know the curse was hanging around even the sequel it was called the crow stay away to heaven wow okay <laughs> so adds adds to the yeah I and mean, it certainly fascinates me as someone who is fascinated by anything that could be considered a mystery of course it seems like almost too coincidental what with bruce lee mm. what with everyone who hurt themselves on set what with the storms the fires it just i mean it seems insane that so much can happen in the sequel too you know like it seems so crazy that so much can happen but then you know it's just like what you said earlier is this just negligence is this just hollywood basically marketing something as a curse because the alternative would be to say hey this this crew just didn't know what they were doing and it was, you know, what you said earlier is my first film. Later on, uh, Empire revealed yeah. uh, that cocaine use was rampant on set. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like, you know, it was so rampant. Like, according to Empire <laughs> magazine, cocaine abuse was so rampant on set that when cameramen were shooting while they were high, crew were going into the toilets to snort between shots. And one crew member actually remembers hearing the sound of a sneeze on set one day. And Brandon Lee actually quipping, someone just lost $50. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know, I could just picture the 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 meeting, the marketing meeting in Hollywood. And the question is, how are we going to market this film with what's happened? I mean, Paramount, after the accident, uh, they actually dropped out. So the film was actually in limbo oh. uh, before Miramax eventually picked it up. Miramax, there you go. <laughs> We know who was behind Miramax. Exactly. So it's actually, it must have been a marketing meeting there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it all makes sense now. (laughs) (laughs) But if you, you know, thinking about it, it's like, man, why cocaine use being rampant on set? And then also the fact that, you know, obviously Brandon Lee had this happen to him at 12.30 in the morning. You know, it was, they, they, apparently the crew was expected to just work through the night so just some very questionable yeah. decision making there. You know, you have this very exhausted crew. They're all very high. Um, when you think about like those very questionable decisions that were made with this prop gun, th- this accident could have very, very, very easily been avoided. So you just, yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe everything else was, you know, maybe something like a fire maybe something like a storm that's nobody's fault and it's unavoidable but surely all of these accidents on set and you know Brandon Lee's death at the age of 28 yeah it's just i mean it's just a, another hollywood tragic story but um yeah and what can you say i mean the other one that um i thought of was poltergeist this film i mentioned to you which is if you've not seen it 1982 it was it was about a um, a family who were terrorized by a a presence in their in their house, 
and it's a great movie. And um, there was a rumor. Here's one of these marketing rumors again, because the last I don't want to spoil it for you, but there is a scene where um, the housewife character is surrounded by skeletons because, unfortunately, the house they moved into was uh, built on desecrated graves. So, and the, kind of the skeletons came out and uh, terrorized his family. And the rumor was that um, they were real skeletons and that they had taken these skeletons from, from other graves to use them on set, which I can't, I cannot believe. And I feel the, I feel the hand of the marketing executive in that. But yeah, but the, um, a couple of people who, who, who starred in the movie died. A 12 year old girl, who played the young Caroline uh, character and a girl, Dominique Dunn, who played the older sibling, was murdered by her boyfriend. So, I mean, you can tie it, you can try and sort of um, tie that on to some kind of curse, but the, the nature of the movie certainly helps because it is it's a terrifying movie and and there were kids involved in it. And we always thought, watching it, how could... How can the kid survive this? I hope there's someone looking after her. And she she died not long afterwards when she was 12. And she was only, I think, roughly 10 in the movie. So have a look at that one. <laughs> it's right up your street, Larissa. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very, very yeah. sad. And also even sadder if that is an, a marketing exec saying, oh, hey, these these two young actresses have died. Let's see whether we can tie it back into our movie. I really hope that didn't happen. But also if you look at um, a quick search online, you look at the kind of accidents that happen on movies, there are loads and loads of them. I mean, you don't need to look far to find out that um, Brad Pitt suffered a torn Achilles <laughs> in Troy. Uh, I love it. I mean, that <laughs> says everything about maybe that's just a somebody wrote his name was Achilles in the movie and he tore his Achilles you know is that is that true or not I don't know no he, <laughs> um I mean Rocky Four. George Clooney suffered severe spinal head injury during one of his movies um you know it just goes on and on and these people Jackie Chan of course Charlize Theron she she landed on her neck and was almost paralyzed in Eon Flux movie, it just it's just loads. Linda Hamilton on Terminator Two suffered permanent hearing loss during filming. That's why they get the big bucks, these people. And there, here's one: Michael J. Fox almost hanged himself during filming of Back to the Future Three, where he was hanging in the. If you've seen it, there's a there's a scene where he's he, they they they're starting to hang him. And something goes wrong and he's actually dying in front of them before someone realizes that uh, he was actually choking for real. And now all they have to worry about is COVID and me too. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's interesting because even with, uh, you know, stuntmen who do get hurt all the time and die all the time, you know, even even with them in play, yeah. you get really famous actors and actresses who get so seriously hurt as well regularly it just feels like filmmaking is actually a very dangerous yeah. business 
Very dangerous. Yeah, and um, I just hope that, I mean, you, you see some movies that are, especially car movies, Furious, Fast and Furious movies, I mean, you know, you just hope some of those stunt drivers are okay, but it has to be bigger and better always. And the people love them, and I love them, you know. Um, but I suppose when COVID hit, just to talk about COVID and the, the protocols that people have gone through, there must be that... Uh, organization with safety first so I can't think it was that difficult for a lot of the movie sets to to understand what was needed to be done and um, and I've talked I'm sure you have to people who've gone through protocols COVID protocols and the organization is amazing what they have to do and and uh, COVID supervisors are a new role and they're so important these people to to keeping people safe And I do hope safety on set is something that, you know, will just keep improving. Not, you know, not just COVID, but everything. I know I, as much as I find it fascinating to look into cursed films like Poltergeist, like The Crow, I also think it'd be really nice to not have any film like that. And yeah, not have any film where someone gets seriously hurt. You know, we don't, I hope we don't need to call the film cursed. Yeah, but there's definitely something in, in The Crow. The crow. I mean, it's just the backstory with his father too. I mean, it just makes you wonder, um, what the hell was going on? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. You know, part of me thinks, oh, it could be a curse. It just feels so like so much coincidence there. Another part of me, yeah, I'm cynical and think, and I think, well, absolutely not curse. This is just because of cocaine on set, because everyone <laughs> was exhausted. Yeah. I think I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that. There was gross negligence. I think so. You said they didn't have a didn't have someone looking after the guns or whatever that job is. Yeah, essentially, the man who was supposed to be no. in charge just had left set. Um, the arms master he'd left set for the day, so it's the props master <laughs> who essentially managed this gun between the close-up scene and the scene where it eventually, yeah. Uh, yeah killed uh, poor poor Lee at the age of 28 so yeah it's it just feels like there's so much missing yeah. there's so many checks okay. that should have been done that weren't yeah but it's it's very unfortunate yeah okay all right well that's cursed films I'll quick look at it um if there's any other cursed films that anybody wants to tell us about uh I think we'll. I think Larissa, for one, would definitely like to revisit that. Yes, please. Honestly, we'll bring you onto the show. <laughs> we'll interview you. <laughs> I'd love to speak to someone who was on set, and well, if they remember anything from set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a, a sad chapter um, altogether. But um, anyway, that's enough for this week's uh, show, uh, and we'll have another one coming up very soon. 